Hi, I'm Steph DeBidi-Pinner. Welcome to my show where we discuss all things building and growing a sustainable and profitable beauty business, whether you're in bridal, lashes, or aesthetics. In 2021, I decided to finally leave my job to pursue my bridal beauty business full-time, and I'm excited to not only share my story of how I went from 2 to 3K per month to 10K plus, but also have various industry professionals sharing their stories and top tips. Let's get to it. Okay, welcome back to Steph the Beautypreneur. Um, so today I've got a guest speaker with me, Michaela from Pearl Girl Makeup, who's going to share her story with us. Um, so I am Steph the Beautypreneur, and we're helping beauty business owners grow sustainable and profitable businesses through this podcast. Uh, so Michaela, do you want to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and who you help and how you help them? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so happy to be a part of this podcast. So first of all, thank you very much for letting me be a part of this. My name is Michaela Pearl. Um, I am a bridal hair and makeup artist based in Ontario, and I service brides mostly. And then of course, like throw in some branding and boudoir types of makeup and hair services. Um, and I'm kind of in like in and around Toronto area. I'm about an hour out from there. So I'm kind of like in a small town called Waterloo. It's a small town compared to Toronto at least, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for being here and joining me today. Uh, how long have you been a makeup artist and how did you get started? Um, To be honest with you, probably like... Mm, six years I remember I was with my husband we were dating at the time and like he helped me get into makeup but it honestly all started from a shopping addiction I'm not sure if anyone can relate <laughs> I got I used to be such a tom girl in like middle school high school and like fifth year of uh high school I was introduced to a place called Sephora and I was addicted ever since so I would be spending so much money there and I would be like I'm a little beauty influencer like drawers and drawers full of makeup and cosmetics I remember even at one point like in college I remember I was like begging this girl to sell me her math textbook for like 50 bucks and she was like asking for a hundred dollars and I was like yeah we'll meet at the Sephora in the mall and then I walk out with like this huge bag of Sephora products and like give her this 50 dollar bill I'm like hey thank you so much bye <laughs> so I think a lot of people kinda, can relate yeah, to that <laughs> yeah it kind of honestly it started out as a shopping addiction I kind of woke up one day and I was like you know what maybe I'll try and make some money off of this and just to sustain this like little hobby of me posting on Instagram of these crazy makeup looks and so my um, now husband, then boyfriend, Raz, he helped me kind of like, like he would drive me to like my makeup courses and stuff like that in the evening. And I was doing college throughout the day. And as soon as I graduated, he bought my first like kit. So that was like, I think six and a half or six years ago at this point. Nice. Yeah. So what school did you go to? Um, it was a really small one. I'm not sure. I don't know. They say it's nation known. I don't know if you know, it's a place called Gina's of advanced aesthetics or something like that. It honestly was like this, just, just, just this little shitty makeup course that was like six weeks long, two hours every Wednesday yeah. for like a thousand bucks. I, I was like, I just want to do it. Cause I want to say I'm certified and like really who really cares if you're a certified makeup artist as long as you know hygiene and you're good at it like what's that to anybody yeah that's that's the biggest 
thing, right? Like there's, you can be self-taught, but you need to know proper sanitation still too. Exactly. So it's still good to like go and like learn face shapes and hygiene, but like artistry wise, they didn't really teach me much. Like I remember I like still look back at those photos. I'm like, how the hell did they even pass me? But whatever. I'll take it. (laughs) Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, when and why did you start building a team? How many are on your team right now? I believe we're at about 15 and it's kind of, I think we're like six hair and eight makeup or something like that. Almost half the team is hair, which is really, really cool. But, uh, I started a team actually in like July, 2020, which is, you'd probably think like, why the hell would she start during the middle of COVID? Because I don't know if you guys know, but Ontario was closed for a very long time. Like it was probably the most illegal place to live during COVID as a makeup artist because you just could not work versus everywhere else was like opening up by July. Um, but I used to work for another bridal team and she, I was like, I wouldn't, I don't even know if this is true or not, but I would say I was like her right hand woman. Like I took on so much work and I looked up to her, like I was a perfect team member in my opinion. Um, (laughs) and I remember, uh, when COVID hit, she was doing, dealing with all these postponements and I actually had a bride that had paid in full at time booking and the bride also postponed and I had a a conflict date and I was like, you know what, it's going to be cheaper for me to contract out this wedding versus refunding this girl's money. Because at that time I had no money, like I had no money. So there was no other options. So July, 2020, I hired my first team member. She's still with me now. And I freaking love her so dearly. I appreciate her every single day. Um, and I, I usually just kind of say, like, I just kind of fell into it. Like I didn't had this deep desire of, Oh my God, I want to have this huge team one day. And it just, just kind of fell in my lap and I just kind of took and like took it and ran. So yeah. I think a lot of us feel that. I mean, when I first started, like I knew I needed at least one or two people that could work with me to take on larger bookings, but I never imagined getting to like a bigger team. I mean, I think at one point and I did, I did mine part-time for a while. It wasn't until 2021 that I stepped full-time into my business. So Mm -hmm. still kind of in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember like at one point, like I was working full-time. I was, I had my son. Mm-hmm. Um, who at that point was, I don't know, like one or two. And I had like a team of eight. Well, that's pretty good. And I was somehow managing them while still working my job, while still doing makeup, while still raising a baby. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> I don't know, awesome. I, don't know I did it some days. I look back and I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. But yeah, it's crazy what you can do when you put your like, mind to it. Yeah. You kind of just do it. You can just, mm-hmm. you just kind of go. You don't even think I kind of just like, I think I just did. I just took action. Mm-hmm. Didn't really care too much about what anybody else thought. I was like, I can do this and I'm going to do this. That's amazing. And I think shortly after that, I kind of had to take a step back. So then I had my second child and then my team shrunk because people <laughs> went on their own way. Oh, and that's now, okay. now I've had to grow again because just, I have so many inquiries coming in. Can't even, I don't have availability. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good problem to have, honestly yeah so kind of just fell into it I guess too Mm -hmm. twice (laughs) that's awesome yeah I love it um 
What are, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when starting and then growing? Um, I think definitely like first thing I can think of, there's two things I, I think, but the primary one that came to my mind, um, was just like, it's kind of weird, but the next, the next problem was better, but, um, it was just like structure. Like I, I think at that time I was charging $90 for a service and I was paying, my first artist, like $85 or 80 bucks, or I don't know, something like that. Like I made like next to no money. It was barely even worth having a team. And then at that time too, I was doing the bridal trials and then sending out my team members. Like it was just so like oh. ass backwards. I'm sorry if we can't swear, but like it was just not right. Um, and like figuring out the best way possible on like how to run a team, just because I kind of like threw myself into it. I had no idea about how much work it is really just to like run a team and like train your team members and like the structure of the business and stuff like that. So at that point, I like, I wasn't really anticipating on growing my team so large, but at that time I just like, didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm sure I made big errors along the way. And like, even like paying out artists and stuff like that was only making $20 on a you know, $500 contract, let's just say like, you know, obviously that doesn't make it worth it. Right. So it was really hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, the standard is 30 to 40% commission. And like, I would have nightmares at night being like, Oh my God, my artist hates me. I'm taking money from her pocket. But really at the end of the day, like she was still so grateful to even be able to work as a makeup artist. And she could not like, she honestly didn't care if she got paid $20 or $80 or whatever it was for a service. But from my mind and my mindset, I was just like, oh my God, I'm stealing money from her, but really not because I still did a lot of work and I earned that 30 to 40% commission. Like really, I really did. Cause I, you do so much work and your artists just kind of show up, give good service, do the damn thing and go home and get paid for it. Right. So yeah. you personally, as a team lead, you still need to be get, get compensated for that. So that was really, really hard to wrap my head around that and not feel guilt, which I think it would be a normal thing anyways, because you, you know, first, first time entrepreneur, you're, you don't want to take money from other people, but you, you still need food on the table. Right. So that was a big challenge. And then another one was like just mindset. And this came like a little bit later realizing how much your mindset affects your work and like affects how many leads you're going to get affects like how people view you on social media. So if you feel like you can't do it and you just say that to yourself, like, I can't do this. I can't do it. You're not going to do it. Like you need to believe in yourself. And that's something I didn't have either. So until I started working with a coach. Yeah. Mindset. Mindset's huge. Like you're right. If you, if you think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. But if you think you can, you're also right. Realize how powerful our mind actually is. Like our most powerful asset is something that a lot of people can't even control. Exactly. And like, it's definitely like easier said than done, but it's just something that you're always going to be continuously working on as an entrepreneur. And like the earlier start, the better you are. And if you yeah. can be really aware of your subconscious thoughts, like I still fight with them every single day as well, but I like believe not to believe them. And I really paint myself this life that I want to live. And I am in that life, although I might not be physically, mentally I am. And that gives me everything that I have ever wanted in my life. Yeah. Like it, it opens up more opportunities. 
Mm -hmm. You start to see them more. You start to see them more as possible. Instead of, I can't do that. (laughs) Exactly. And you would be surprised on like, if you're someone listening to this and you're like, I can't do it. You would be surprised on how much you can really do. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something else you said that I was going to say something about. Now I can't remember what it was. (laughs) Mindset or wrapping your head around being a team lead. Um, Oh, it's the mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like we all make mistakes and people think so negatively about making mistakes, but we actually, that's how we learn. That Mm -hmm. is one of the best ways to learn. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Absolutely. Grant Cardone said that one, (laughs) (laughs) something I pay attention to. Uh, How did you find artists to join your team? Oh, it's been like a journey. I I don't even know, honestly, at this point, I mean, first starting out, I had the advantage. I worked at Sephora for a long time and I've built relationships. So I think I have probably about five or six, maybe seven Sephora girls working on the team. And it's solely based off relationship building when I worked there. Um, so that, like, that was a huge advantage to find hairstylists. Like, honestly, like, I don't even know how I found half my girls. <laughs> They've just kind of fallen in my lap. Of course, you do job postings and stuff like that. Um, you try to scout through Instagram, you make Facebook posts and all that sort of stuff. But I, at first, like, I don't even know. It's just like my friend did hair. So I'm like, okay, like join the team or like an old coworker does, does hair, join the team. Um, and now at this point, I just feel like they approach me or like, I just so happen to find like, oh yeah, my sister's actually a hairstylist. Like you guys should connect. I'm like, okay, I'll connect. And then, you know, they're a mom with a child. Like they like, I don't want to work full time. I just need some extra cash on the side. I'm like, okay, do you want to fr- freelance? I'm like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Cause it's like, short hours with the amount of pay you get, like it's amazing. So I feel like at this point, it's just kind of like, I always keep my ear open. Um, and also like, it's kind of weird, um, unless you're in that world of like manifestation, but like even journaling about what my ideal team member looks like and like, think of like, okay, so maybe I'm going to find her in the month of May and start journaling. And like more often than not, that actually kind of helped, but I think it helps because you are aware of what you're looking for and it just kind of falls in your lap. (laughs) I know that's not the answer you probably want to hear, but honestly, like for the last year and a half, they've just, well, I feel like you're right. It's also the vibe that you put out because I see, I watch you on social media. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's that vibe. You're just, you're attracting those type of people that are like, Hey, she's doing some cool stuff. Maybe, maybe she would want to hire me. Yeah. And before, you know, I would be like, okay, who has a bobby pin? Who has a curling iron? You're coming, you're coming. You got a job, you got a job. Like I was like, Oprah Winfrey, like you got a job, you got a job, you know? <laughs> but now like, it's, it's kind of like, now I'm a bit more picky about the team members. Cause it's like, well, if you want to build your own team, like I don't want to stand in the way of that. And you know, if you don't really have the availability, like I don't want to waste your time kind of thing. So I'm also now very particular. Like if you want to be this all class celebrity makeup artist, like that's fine. but like not for me because I might have them for a year and like you know I'm never going to turn someone down like if I need them last minute I know that they're there but for my core girls like I make sure like okay you're going to be here for two three years okay I'm going to invest money in you so don't leave you know if you're going to leave in a year I'm not going to invest money in you and that 
means like paying for education for you and to get better and you know all that sort of stuff yeah totally uh so you mentioned that you uh you hired a coach Mm -hmm. so what kind of value do you feel like you get from that and would you recommend that route to others um, I think honestly, I really believe that everybody needs a coach. I think they're they're not equivalent to a therapist. Um, I think everybody needs a therapist and I think everybody needs a coach, <laughs> especially if you're an entrepreneur, like especially when it comes down to mindset, like you can get in your head so much. And it was just nice to have someone there to talk t- to the coach about literally anything and know it's a zero judgment free zone and you know that you can relate with them more. It's very you know, very specific on finding your coach. You, not every coach is meant for every client, of course, but the value that they provide, like, of course it depends on the type of coach that you hire, but the one I had hired was mindset and marketing. And like, she helped skyrocket my business from like, like, I think it was like 2020. I made minus a thousand dollars. Like, that's what I mean. Like the structure of my team was so bad. I made minus a thousand dollars the next year I made 150 K. So, you know, that right there was solely based because I was working on a coach. I was learning the marketing, finding inquiries and building a better structure to my business on top of it, learning the mindsets, learning the limited beliefs that I had and not believing in myself. And she believed in me and that was enough for me to thrive. And don't get me wrong. My husband still believed in me, but I needed someone who's a third party, separate party. My husband's always going to support me, but I needed to hear from another person in the industry, like, no, Michaela, you're doing waves. Like you're doing amazing. And that like built my confidence so much. And she helped 100%. me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I know mine always believes in me too. And I'm like, that's great. But I feel mm-hmm. like I just I need somebody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, she's like, like outside. Cause you're supposed to believe in me. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, my husband, like he's helped me through a lot of like low points in my business, but just something about a coach and like being able to relate and, you know, she's living the life that you want to live, right? Like traveling money, like wealth of not just money wealth, but like mental wealth almost and like freedom and life by design, you know? So like to be able to talk to someone that's already living that life, like it's almost like you start curating exactly what you want because they ask you like the right questions of like, okay, so how do you want to do this versus you need to do this, this, and this to get to here. You create your own journey with your coach on how you want to get somewhere. Yeah. Like you need to do this is more like consultant. Yeah. And like mentorship and like mentorship is amazing, but it's completely different from coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Coaching is helping you figure it out, figure out your own journey kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas consulting is like, Hey, this is what you need to do. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then mentorship is more like being there for the journey, I think. Um, yeah. And like keep telling you, you know, what you, it's kind of, I mean, I feel like it's kind of similar to uh, consulting, but mentorship, it's kind of, it's completely different from coaching. That's for sure. They can get confusing sometimes those different terms. Yeah. And I think some people think it's kind of like the same thing and like, that's fine, but I'm currently working with a mentor right now. And it's, she's like, this is a business plan. Go for it. Versus working with a coach. How do you want to get to a, how do you want to get from a to B, you know? Um, so you obviously have systems in place to manage inquiries and bookings and your team. So was coaching part of helping you set that up and would you care to share what you're doing to manage? Yeah. 
I think um, coaching helped me understand the structure of like running a team and stuff like that. But the system and processes that I use, I kind of came up with it of like what works best for me. Um, so currently I also teach like bridal pros on like automating their bridal team. And I started like using system and processes like a couple years ago and I use 17 hats. I use Gmail and like Google calendar and all of those between all of those three systems helps me keep my bookings organized, help manage inquiries, booking my team out, um, and knowing like what the sold date sold out dates are and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I just, I actually just switched over to 17 hats. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> I was using Dubstato for a while, but yeah. I just, I, I needed something different. Mm -hmm. I needed something different. And I looked at 17 hats before and decided not to go with it. And now I kind of regret not doing it in the first place. Cause it actually had what I needed. I just yeah. didn't realize what I needed at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, I also use Google calendar. Yeah. But yeah, having having some sort of CRM system when you grow is so important. <laughs> a game changer, and it is a requirement, in my opinion, if you want a team more than eight. <laughs> oh my god! Like I used to have a system to send out contracts, so like they would come through my email, and then I have to send them out the contract to this other thing that they would fill it out and sign it online, and then I would still have to send them out an invoice and like this. These CRM systems, they do it all. You send one email and it sends out your proposal and then they approve it. And then it sends a contract and they sign it. And then it says the invoice and they pay the retainer. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing. How honestly. did I survive without it? <laughs> exactly. Especially also, I'm sure you can completely understand with having like children as well. Like it takes so much time yes. to put all that stuff together and like using something that you can automate some of that sort of stuff, like just takes so much off your plate. It doesn't oh seem God, like a lot, yeah. but it's a lot. And then it syncs with Google Calendar. So the other stuff mm -hmm. is I would, after all that, I would still have to go and add it on my Google Calendar. And now it just, it all syncs. And then I just add my team. Exactly. It's easy. I mean, if you're someone that's looking to build a team and you don't have any of these systems in place, I highly suggest looking at something. Totally. Save so much time. Mm -hmm. What are the top three tips you would give a new makeup artist? Hmm. Top three tips. I feel like I had one earlier. I missed out. I forgot what it was, but definitely like, oh, okay, this is a good one. Um, just because your client hates or does not like what you did doesn't mean you're a bad makeup artist. It just means you're not the makeup artist for that particular client. And that type of like criticism from clients never ends. So you just have to learn how to work and navigate around it. Um, you know, there's things I, like I can do the same makeup on three different people and they all have three different opinions. So I think that's like a number one thing, like just because someone hates it and you feel like you did a really good job, doesn't mean you're a bad makeup artist. Of course, you know, get opinions from other bridal pros if you are starting to get, become insecure, but for the most part, it's usually like the client's style doesn't align with your style. And like, that's completely okay. Um, if you're looking to the second tip, if you're looking to like gain experience and like gain clients and stuff like that, I think a, like starting out at a bridal team is always amazing. I started out on a bridal team and I never looked back. Like I gained so much experience. I got so much education just from that bridal team. Um, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that I was able to have. And, you know, 
if you want to take your business to the next level, then, you know, you go on your own, you can do your own team, but bridal teams, it's always a fantastic spot to be a part of if you're looking to grow your artistry skill and make some money while you're doing it. <laughs> um, and then the third one is you don't have to offer it all to make six figures. So you don't have to do lash brow tints, lash extensions, spray tanning, like teeth whitening. You don't have to be an esthetician. Like you can just be a makeup artist and you don't even have to be a hairstylist. Of course it helps, but th those are two completely different skill sets. So you don't have, you can just be a makeup artist and still make six figures. Yeah, it's totally possible. Again, that all co also comes down to mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay. So you were given a time machine that can only take you back to the day before you started your business. What is the one thing you would tell yourself that would save you time, effort, and a ton of headaches? I think this answer maybe to most people who are listening is obvious of me being like, I'm going to make your business, but that's not what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is really understand the type of makeup artistry first, what you want to do. So let's say we're going into bridal because this is what this podcast is all about with bridal artists and stuff like that. Um, learn how to scout out good clients um, that really are excited to work with you because there's nothing worse than having a client book you because you're cheap or you do good makeup and the rates, you know, are on the cheaper side compared to the competitors, um, or they book you because you're the only makeup artist available, like, and they don't even like your style. Like I've dealt with some brides that we just didn't gel well. And anytime we would communicate something was wrong and it was such a big headache and it was not even worth the money. So just really, I think I would say like, tell myself, like really understand the type of bride you want to work with. What does she do for a living? Let's say, where does she live? Where does she shop? What does she like to buy? Like build a person that you like to work with and like try and stick with that and ask questions reflecting around that type of person of like, what's your art? Like, why do you, why'd you pick us? Like, what do you envision for your bridal hair and makeup, for example, because a client that's a headache, like it's not worth the money because <laughs> you will be up all night crying yourself to sleep about because a client just does not like you, but needs you yeah. because you're the only one available. Yeah. I know that's a tough situation. Yeah. And you can usually tell even just by a phone call, like I've been, I've gone through enough clients that I'm like, yeah, okay, this client's for me. No, this client's not booking for the right reason. She's booking me just because I'm available, not because she likes me. And that is a big red flag to me. Yeah. Well, and, and learning how to say no to those. I mean, you don't have to say yes to every single booking. Absolutely. Oftentimes, and I have a client right now in my emails that wants to book and I'm probably not going to book her just because I can tell that we're just not going to get along and I just don't think I'm a right fit for her. But it, there's nothing wrong with you saying like, oh, like, unfortunately, I probably just upgraded her services and now I'm no longer available or something like that. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, someone else booked because you're going to make the client upset of like, well, why didn't you tell me if you let's say you have a pretend current client that's upgrading her services. And now that makes you not available, that client's going to be a lot more understanding and be like, OK, well, thanks anyways. And go to somewhere else versus you being like, Hey, so sorry, this is actually booked up. And yes, you have probably have that policy of like con sign contract retainer needs to be paid until you're officially booked in. But 
clients love that courtesy of like, Hey, just letting you know, someone else is about to book your spot. Do you want to book yes. someone off? Right. Customers so it's okay. Too. It's okay to do those little white lies of, Oh yeah. Someone just upgraded their services. Like, sorry, I'm no longer available. Maybe here's some referrals or give them a suggestion to go suggestion to go on a Facebook group and ask for another makeup artist or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Do you have any controversial views about our industry or any triggers? Um, yes. Well, controversial thoughts maybe to get some people thinking. Um, but just because, okay, so let me paint you a picture. Let's say you're, you have like 10 inquiries. Let's just say you send everybody price lists and they're like, yeah, Sarah, you're out of my budget. It's not your pricing. It is absolutely not your pricing. It is your marketing. If your marketing is not reflecting your prices, no one's going to book, but you can get the rate that you want as long as your marketing supports it. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the way not, I, I feel like it's not a common controversial opinion, but me and another friend were actually just having this conversation before. And she's like, it's not your rates. It's your marketing. If your marketing does not reflect your rates, how do you expect people to book? So I would really encourage everybody to sit back, look at their rates and look at their Instagram page. For example, your, even their website, does your website reflect a six figure business or does your website reflect the $300 of hair and makeup that you want to sell to a bride? If it doesn't just improve your website, you know, get it into a marketing course or something like that. That's going to support those rates. Mm -hmm. Yep. The branding, the marketing, the whole presentation. Yeah. The way you're presenting yourself in general. Absolutely. You're right. Not your rates. Awesome. Um, where can people find you? You can find me. Uh, my coaching page is Michaela Pearl Coaching on Instagram or my bridal page if you want to see what I'm doing over there at Pearl Girl Makeup, P E A R L Girl Makeup. I'll drop the links into the show notes as well so everybody can come and connect with you. Thank you. Awesome. Do you have anything else you wanted to share? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered it. Uh (laughs) yeah no I think that was good so I hope people find lots of value in this because I feel like you shared a lot of good stuff and you've done really well I mean going from minus a thousand to 150k within a year (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's pretty good pretty impressive thank you um okay cool well hopefully everybody took value in that thank you for listening or if you're watching on YouTube thank you for watching And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you very much.